My master's was done through the University College Cork and I wanted to do my thesis in something I did. So I was working in the community with children with complex healthcare needs so it just made sense for me to do my research in that area. And when I was looking at the literature review, it was very evident there was nothing really from the side of the nurse. Welcome to A Nurse First. This is Cora O'Leary telling her own A Nurse First story. That was essentially what the thesis was all about. What challenges do the nurses have um, when they're working, you know, as solo workers, as lone practitioners in the community? What are their challenges? So it was a mixed methodology. So I did questions and um, questionnaires and focus groups. So what I got back from the questionnaires kind of were the basis for the focus groups. And there were some great things from the from the participants, from the nurses working in the family homes about what challenge to them. And I think because it was a small, it was a small research study, there was only 100 nurses and they were, you know, the, the, the people I worked with essentially. It kind of made it to a certain extent easier to approach my bosses and say, you know, these are, this is the recommendations, these are the outcomes, this is what our team are struggling with in the community. Some of the quotes I'll always remember were, one participant said, we look after the children, but who looks after us? So we realised there was that disconnect in terms of us managing and supporting the teams and how we could support them better. And it just so happened that as at the same time in Ireland, um, I think we're, we were probably very similar to a lot of countries. Children with complex care needs were being looked after by agency nurses. And there wasn't a good governance structure. There wasn't a lot of support for agency nurses in these family homes. And Ireland did do a scoping exercise in 2014. And in 2017, around the same time as my master's, they produced something called the Framework for Children with Complex Healthcare Needs. And from Ireland, having about 22 agencies, providers, charities and non-for-profits all providing these services they called it completely down to five so it's no longer an agency model so it all happened in and around the same time the shifts in ireland's framework combined with the feedback cora received from her surveys and focus groups led to a fateful meeting between cora and her managing director they both knew there was a gap that needed filling maybe they could craft a new nursing role to help the role I'm currently in was actually the learnings from my master's. It was the, the, the recommendations from the participants that I interviewed for it. I'm the first clinical practice specialist in Ireland, supporting children with complex healthcare needs in the community. So then I was able to kind of utilise that national policy and document as well to actually help that driving force to get my, to get my role. We always knew education was needed by nurses. So here in Ireland, same as everywhere else, we have our Nurses and Midwives Act. Now, that the part of it isn't enacted just yet, um, but it would say that nurses are recommended to have 21 to 24 continuing education units per year to maintain their, their clinical competence. And the reality was we were paying other people to provide this training and we couldn't get the training then when we needed it. So essentially it started as that little piece that we knew we needed a trainer, but there wasn't enough there for me to just be a trainer. There was so much more to it. And I think because I'd 
being around and I was very well known, it made sense with my expertise and background that I should maybe take on a bit of a nurse specialist role as well. And then I think because I was probably always the one kind of doing the policies, the documents and the guidelines, it just made sense to try and amalgamate it all into one role. And yeah, myself and my CEO, we just had a meeting one day and we discussed it. We decided on the title, what it would entail. Beyond the title, they needed to outline what exactly a clinical practice specialist would be responsible for. From those conversations, they narrowed Cora's duties down to four primary areas. The first part of my role would be the nurse tutor. So some people call it education, training. It all fits in under the, the exact same thing. Essentially, what I do for that arm of my job is I will link in with the Nursing and Midwifery Board of Ireland, ensure everything I teach and train and facilitate is approved by them. So whether it's a half hour pre-recorded session on maybe Dravet syndrome or Lennox Gastaut syndrome that I can send to a nurse, or it could be that I'm face to face with a cohort of new nurses, maybe doing care of a child um, or a young person with a tracheostomy tube. The children and the young people we support, they very much lead, lead the training program. And I will obviously do training needs analysis with the nurse managers. Um, for all of the ones that are approved by the nursing board, I then obviously have to make up the presentations, which takes a lot of time. The second part of my role would be the practice development. So practice development, a lot of that would be about bringing in new initiatives and seeing how we can improve things, how we can improve care, how we can improve services, but also how can we improve things for nurses. So probably one of the things I brought in in recent years would have been a nursing skills book. So all nurses have a skills book. So then when they're having their regular catch ups with their managers, they can see where their skills are, what they need to improve on, what they're competent and proficient in, what they feel they need a refresher in. And then that's that's theirs to keep. So it's really good for their practice development portfolio. The next part of my role then would be the specialist part. And that's when I go and I visit services with the nurse managers. The most recent young person I visited was an 18, 19 year old young man, which was really interesting because the parents were starting to move responsibility from them to him. So he was starting to have to make those decisions. I spoke to him about, you know, the new ventilators coming on stream, the new humidifiers coming on stream. And a lot of that was just to get him prepped and ready because he's been on these machines for 16 years. Some of these young people don't do change well, so I wanted to let him know what was coming. And then the other thing was that he was having loads of issues with his um, enteral nutritional device and there were newer ones on the market. So we just had a discussion. I had a demo to show him and he made the decision himself to actually trial a new piece of equipment. And then the networking part of my role is... It's about going to conferences. It's about going into the universities to talk about children with complex healthcare needs. I was actually at a palliative care conference last month up in Belfast where I had a poster about training and education needs. And it's all just about meeting those professionals in that circle and just helping and supporting each other and I suppose improving my role as much as I can. Being the only clinical practice specialist for these children in the entire country, I bet you are pulled in a million different directions at once. How do you manage it all? 
Is there a particular patient you hold on to into your mind to inspire you to keep going when things get overwhelming? There is only one of me. And I sometimes think if I was stretched any further, I'd be a size zero. But I suppose I do the best I can. And I just, yeah, I try to fit it all in. My to-do list is never finished. And I'll just be honest about that. It's never finished. It's, it's constant. But I have to learn to prioritize. So, for example, we would have a leadership call every month for us to partake in, for us to improve our leadership and our management skills. But there's a young person in the community that is entering end of life and his team are struggling. So that's my priority this week. It's not to go and improve my own leadership and management. So I have to prioritize some things over others. And, you know, the the children and young people will always come first outside of anything else, really. I always think the world is a really small place. And as a nurse, it is absolutely your oyster. And to take any opportunity that comes your way, you just don't know where it's going to lead to. Small keys can open very big doors. The world is our oyster as a nurse and you really have to have to just go for it and see where you end up. You know, it absolutely feeds my soul being able to do this and seeing the difference I can make. The young person that I always think of um, is actually one of the first little people I looked after and I'm still ad hocly in touch with, with his mom. He was expected to be born um, quite sick. He had a right-sided congenital diaphragmatic hernia. So I obviously didn't know him during his acute phase in hospital, but he was quite sick. He was actually filmed here in Ireland on a maternity show. So a lot of people knew of him. You know, normally you get at the end of those TV shows that, you know, baby, whoever went home well and da, 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 da. They didn't put anything up about him because he was so critically ill and he coded several times going up to the children's hospital in Dublin. So fast forward oh, about maybe 20 months later and I actually nursed him his first night home. And he was, he was just an amazing young boy that I absolutely adored. So he came home um, with a tracheostomy, a ventilator, enteral nutrition, and he was... He was well. I can remember he only went into hospital once during the time I looked after him. But there was a lot of things going on, you know, outside of that, as in um, housing was a bit of an issue. They needed a bit of help and support with that. When he was going to go to preschool, the first preschool actually wouldn't take him because they basically didn't want him. Then the second preschool did take him and I took him to his first day of preschool. And then another four-year-old tried to pull out his tracheostomy and I nearly lost my life. And he actually got cannulated just shy of his fifth birthday. So I still see him regularly. We actually have what's known as family fun days in Resilience, who I work with. And we always bring back those children who have been decannulated from our past lifetimes so he is now yeah he's 13 so he is amazing so obviously no tracky no ventilator his central nutrition device is gone but he's doing really well he's in mainstream school he needs a little bit of support but minimal now and it's just phenomenal to see how he's come from where he was when I first nursed him on his first night home it's very different Thank you for listening to A Nurse First from Sigma. If you loved this episode, 
do us a favor and subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It is very much appreciated. For more information about A Nurse First and Sigma, visit sigmanursing.org. Until next time.